Welcome to Technado with Don Pizzette. Featuring sysadmin expert, Don Pizzette. Security specialist, Daniel Lowry. And Peter. Hello and welcome to Technado with Don Pizzette. I'm your host, Peter Van Rysdam, joined as always by Don Pizzette. Don, how you doing? I am doing great. We got some uh, some good news this week. Technology, new products, all sorts of cool stuff to talk about. So I'm excited about our show and there's some big uh, security happenings going on. So it should be a pretty good one. That's good because last week was all bad news, yeah. if yeah. I recall. Yeah. We try. <laughs> and Daniel Lowry up there. Daniel, how you doing? I'm good. I'm just over here contemplating the idea of getting into exotic bird husbandry. Mm-hmm. Just randomly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> The That's things awesome. That, things that Daniel thinks about. And uh, <laughs> and that other voice you hear is Sarah Tanisi, who is the CEO of Tanisi Tech, which just, I mean, that worked out well, finding a company with the same name. So congratulations on that, Sarah. Thank you very much. It was it was tricky. <laughs> so you're joining us from where? You're, you're out in California? I'm in California, yeah. We actually do business um, in lots of different states. So we're not just in California. We're also in Washington, Oregon, Colorado. North Carolina? In North Carolina, thank you for that. Yes, I did my research. Don't want to forget about those guys. I nice know job. More nice job about the company. The company. <laughs> that's awesome. Wow, that's disappointing. Well, that <laughs> Sarah, is. thank you so much for joining us today, and we'd like to get to know you a little bit more in our first segment, which is rapid fire questions. Who do you work for? What's new? Who are you? What's happening? What's wrong with you? All right, Sarah, in this segment, we are going to throw some rapid-fire questions at you. A timer will appear on your screen. You'll have approximately one minute to answer each question. If you take too long, Peter will buzz you. Wow. Like that. Pressure's on. And then we'll move on yeah. to the next question. So uh, let's Got see it. how we do here. We'll kick off our first question coming at you from Peter. Uh, sure. So this one's a, a softball. So can you just give us kind of a quick overview of Tennessee and uh, what you guys do there? Sure. So Tanisi Tech is an IT services firm. We're in the MSP space. You know, there's tons of us there. Um, but what really what Tanisi Tech is focused on is providing and defining IT leadership for companies. So a lot of times um, MSPs spend a lot of time talking about computer support or how to build a network or security concerns, which are all super important. But executive teams really need strategy. They really need us to define a roadmap and a budget and be able to talk about things from a business perspective. So that's what Tanisi Tech focuses on. All right. Now, I know you're CEO of Tanisi Tech, but you're not somebody who just came out of business school. You actually worked in the field for HP, Adobe. You got your hands dirty as a sysadmin. Do you miss that now that you're kind of in this executive role, or do you still get a chance to do that? Well, so it, has, it hasn't been too long since I was getting my hands dirty in, in you know, mail migrations, for example, um, but I don't really miss that side of it. I'm much more focused on the big picture for Tennessee Tech, but also for our clients. Um, you know, being able to call out BS, being able to follow a technical discussion is still super important in my role. So I, I try to keep up as much as I can. Um, but I don't really miss rolling up my sleeves and being a server admin. Well, yeah, somebody's got to do something, right? Everybody's got to have a role. Now, speaking of roles, exactly. as uh, an MSP, you've probably been dealing with a bit of the uh, you know, this little thing we call COVID. And it's been about a year now rocking and rolling. Mm -hmm. And I guess what my question will be is, what is the biggest Tennessee Tech COVID challenge that you faced during this last year? So it's so interesting because for us, we had clients really in two different buckets is what I'll say. Um, you know, we had clients that 
were 40 years old and were still using all desktops. And so for them, it was a little bit trickier to get them remote. Um, and we had clients that were born in the cloud. So literally it was like, Hey, you know how you spend two days working at home a week? You're just going to do that full time now. So for Tanisi tech, um, we're actually fully remote. So we don't have an office that employees come into. So for us specifically, we didn't really have any COVID challenges. It was really more the challenge of getting our clients able and comfortable working remotely. Yeah, it's tricky because every company had to go through it for themselves. You had to go through it for all of your clients. So that that's tough. Well, I mean, it was a pretty serious, probably March through July Yeah, for us, um, just in terms of getting people. And, and we also work with healthcare companies. So they had a whole other kind of tricky side where they, they were essential. So they needed to be around, but they needed to also be more remote. And it was, it was a crazy time for sure. That's Thank you challenge. both for sticking run DMC in my head. What, oh, it's tricky. <laughs> it's tricky. Yeah, yep. it's difficult to rock around. <laughs> uh, so That's awesome. I noticed you guys just celebrated nine years uh, in business, and congratulations on that. And so I'm curious, uh, you know, you. Not, not you're welcome. Not all MSPs, you know, make it that far. What are your uh, What are your tips to to people that are maybe struggling out there through the the tough times? I mean, it's so interesting because any entrepreneur will tell you that there's it's such a process to grow a business. And it's funny because everybody has all these different nuggets of information that can kind of help you grow and scale and figure out all the business tricks that have already been figured out by hundreds and probably millions of other people. And so I, I think one of the, the pieces of advice I give newer business owners is to sit on an executive roundtable, get an executive coach, really start to identify what it takes to run a business. And so that would be kind of on the business side of things, right? Like, what do you do for sales and marketing? That's not even something that I thought about until very recently. Um, so there's all of the kind of business components. And then there's also a way that you sell your services and that you deal with clients. And I think one of the pitfalls that some MSPs tend to make, and I think there's always a balance, right? Is that they will go to, they will become too accommodating. It's okay if you don't keep your servers up to date. It's okay if your applications are 10 versions behind. That's not, that's not good either. And so you kind of need to find that balance of, hey, we need everything to be updated. We need everything to be supported. We're using our ticketing system, not some other one. Um, and I think so, you know, there's a lot to, to kind of deal with in, in growing a business. And I think you've got to have a really good group of people around you that can help guide you through it. So you, you kind of led me into this one with talking about staying up to, up to date with all, all of your software and things, but you're dealing with different, uh, different types of devices for all of your different clients. And you kind of mentioned that yep. earlier too. How do you stay up to date or how do your tech stay up to date on, on all those different systems? Well, you know, it's really interesting. I think like from my perspective, and I was just talking to a friend of mine about this, the MSP world can be an awesome place to learn because you are dealing with clients across the board, right? Healthcare, FinTech, InsureTech, all kinds of different companies, right? And so I think one, one way you learn is by fire trial by fire. And, you know, I was a, I was a global, global email infrastructure admin at Adobe systems. And I learned sun one messaging basically in doing research and working with vendors. Obviously another way you stay up to date is with programs like itpro.tv. We have used you guys for a really long time. And so we make that available to all of our techs when they start. And you also, I think when you're hiring, 
as a company, you really look for people that are curious about technology and that's one of our core values. So we look for people that are actually really passionate about this stuff. On the other hand, getting into an MSP can be kind of a grind. So the way that Tennessee Tech does their billing and interacts with clients is really different than most MSPs. And so we, we really try to create a non-transactional environment for employees and partners. And I think that that's kind of a big thing too, that enables you to learn, right? Because you're not focused on billing by the 15 minutes. So I think there's a lot that comes into play when you're talking about how do you keep people up to date. Well, that makes sense, and I promise I was not fishing for an IT Pro TV uh, <laughs> plug there. But well, you know, you yes. gotta, you have to make those resources available for sure. Yes, you do. You heard it there, <laughs> and we'll talk about that more later as well. All right. Well, uh, while we have you on here, we want to talk about something that's kind of one of those uh, those buzzwords that's going around going around a little bit. So our next segment is buzzword breakdown. Awesome. Success. Virus. Server. Pop three. Password. Cyber bullying. Say what? All right, it's not any of those buzzwords specifically, mm. but uh, in, in this case, we're looking at an article from uh, Enterprise, uh, what is this, enterprisersproject.com. It is uh, Digital Transformation, Five Mistakes to Avoid in 2021. And I know digital transformation is kind of one of those big buzzwords that... Uh, a little nebulous. There. Yeah, it's a little <laughs> nebulous. So I, I was going to ask, yeah, what, what, what does it mean to you in this context uh, here, Sarah, and, and, uh, and why, is it, uh, why is it important for MSPs? So I've been talking a lot about digital transformation for the past year or so. And it's one of those terms, again, that was very nebulous. And if you remember, I, I want to say it was probably somewhere between 10 and 12 years ago. That's all everybody was talking about, right? Digital transformation. And nobody understood what it meant. And I still think it's really unclear what it means to people. But what it means to Tennessee Tech and what it means for our clients is really modernization. It's really about transforming how you do business, how you run your business processes by implementing tools and services that allow you to remove obstacles of the traditional way of doing things. So there's some really simple examples out there. Um, I think two really, two products that we use all the time across clients, you know, something like Zoom, web conferencing, like, do you actually have to be in person? I think COVID has kind of taught us that a Zoom meeting can feel almost one-on-one. -on -one. We could have coffee together um, even when we can't. That's part of digital transformation. It's not just a shift in technology, but it's also a shift in mindset. Um, another, I think, really simple example is you know, using tools like DocuSign. Um, I mentioned previously that we have a bunch of healthcare clients and, you know, those clients hadn't necessarily digitized their admissions process. So COVID hits and all of a sudden you're not doing in-person admissions anymore. So how do you streamline that for a client? You bring in something like DocuSign. So I think part of what gets lost in defining dig digital transformation is it sounds big. It sounds crazy, but all we're really talking about is modernizing an infrastructure. You know, it's funny you mentioned DocuSign. Uh, I, I recently purchased a vehicle, and in the past, I, I absolutely hate buying a car. I hate talking to the salespeople. The I hate going to the dealership. I hate every bit about it. And it, it, it you know, you end up spending hours there, right? Don well, just steals them. Well, this time, <laughs> I, uh, I did yeah. go and do a test drive a few weeks ago, but then everything was done electronically. They sent me the DocuSigns. I signed or whatever. And, and finally, when it was time to actually get the car, I just went down to the dealership. They gave me the keys. I, I was there 15 minutes. So... 
a lot of this stuff is being thrown in place because of COVID, but I hope it sticks around because yeah. it, it sure beats the heck out of talking to people. I, I love seeing it <laughs> implemented. I see, I'm on LinkedIn a lot, so I see people complaining about you know the job hiring process, and they love when they're like, please submit your resume, and you submit your resume. Now fill out this digital resume. It's like, oh, come on, man. Just do the one thing or the other. You don't have to give me both. Yeah. Give me the easy button here. Sarah, would you say well, that? Well, you know, okay, I had ahead. a similar experience recently. I purchased a house. It was the same thing. Like we did everything in DocuSign. We had a notary public come. She was like at our house for maybe 15 minutes and that was it. I was like, did we just buy a house? Because that was 15 minutes that, you know, when so all if you've done it in the done. past, it's a stack of papers, you know, the oh, size. Of so they made exactly. me do both. I had to do digital documents and paper documents. And they said that was the law here. For our house oh, buying, yeah, I did that last year. Well, I wonder well, too. In their defense, with a criminal history like yours, oh, sometimes sure. that's uh, <laughs> yeah. on the criminal hey. They brought all the files <laughs> to the jail. So, so Sarah, do you think that uh, you know COVID has accelerated this digital transformation now? And and uh, absolutely. I mean, you talked well, about so, you have companies so, that have desktops still, and and they've moved on. Right. So. Yeah. So let me talk about that for a second, because I think that's what's interesting, right? So the bucket of clients, and I always, I always tease clients that have been in business for a long time, because the reward for being in business is that you've got to shell out some cash for this digital transformation, right? And so I think what's really interesting is that when they hired us, they hired us for our IT strategy that typically includes this modernization practice, this digital transformation. And so they were already gearing up to do these projects. And so it was almost like the fast forward button was hit. And it was like, okay, buy equipment, figure out how to make people remote right now. And so that's what we had to do. Thankfully, right? Like I said before, these clients were already bought into the strategy we laid out for them. And I think it's really important to highlight that if you don't have an IT strategy, you, you just don't know what to expect. You don't spend any money. And I think that's another really interesting thing to talk about too, is, is how MSPs communicate strategy to clients. That makes a lot of sense. And I, I like the philosophy of, you know, when you're, when they're coming on with Tanisa, you're not just, uh, we're not just maintaining, but we're going to help, help drive you forward to the future. hundred percent. I mean, a, a new client that's onboarding with us said, Hey, we really love your CIO plus it in a box model. And I was like, thank you for that. I'll use that as part of our next marketing campaign. <laughs> so you don't work with us unless we have an it strategy and a roadmap. And, you know, if you guys talk to MSPs a lot, you'll know that that's not something that they're super familiar with, but that also ties into growing up in an enterprise and understanding that you can't get somebody to spend money unless you have a plan for it. Well, I know I have an enterprise background, and they generally expect 110%. Yes. So, uh, you know, I guess 100% I'll have to do. <laughs> to clarify, Don worked at Enterprise Rental Car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, That's where he was stealing them cars. <laughs> <laughs> nice work, Don. Uh, so, I, I understand you're, you're a, a busy woman as well. You, you have your own podcast as well. Can you tell us about that? I do, yes. I just um, started one uh, called Tech Me Seriously. And I am focused on speaking with leaders in business and in technology, uh, primarily women, but you know, there's a few good men out there that we want to absolutely have on. Um, but I've had some amazing women on the podcast so far, and I just love having conversations with them. They're pretty informal conversations about what, what they're passionate about, what they're successful at and how they make it all happen. And so we've had, you know, the CEO of Panzura, Jill Stelfox has been on, uh, Deanna Kostaraju, who's uh, the founder of, um, um, global tech women who has built this entire 
global community of women. That's, that's an awesome one. Um, talk to a couple of people about leadership, Christy Royce on what, what it means to be a, a great leader. Um, also had Mary Lou McFarlane on, who's the founder of women in sports technology, Tracy Jackson on kind of managing tough conversations. So I've had some phenomenal women on and it's such a fun project. I'm really looking forward to keeping that going. Yeah. I'm jealous. You, you have the, the pool out there in California of, uh, probably great resources that you know personally that you're able to find some good guests from. It's pretty fun. So far, I haven't done a find my podcast guest thing, which I guess they have websites that you can go to. Isn't that where you guys found me? No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> I have no idea. But, um, but, but, you know, <laughs> it was it's, a Craigslist it's, fun. it's a yeah. super fun project. Yeah. And there's Facebook, Facebook marketplace. We found yeah. Thank you. Uh, Looking for some models. (laughs) Well, so definitely check that out. Tech, uh, tech me seriously, so that you're on, you know, all the big platforms, Apple and all that good stuff. Apple, Spotify. You can go to TechMeSeriously.com to see the the full episode list. Perfect. We're about eight in. Nice. And if people want to find out more about Tennessee Tech, uh, where do they go for that? TennesseeTech.com. That's so easy for sure. And I'll I'll spell that to make sure people know. T E N I S I one. One S, two I's, one N. Oh man, <laughs> it's an E. That, well, that, made, that really cleared it up. Nice work. Well, there's two, two, two T's if you're counting the T from tech. There's a silent well. K. Oh in my there gosh. Right? Yeah, so. <laughs> you'll find just just Google something like that and you'll and you'll find it. Tech. Great. <laughs> Nailed it. See, that's the great yeah. great plug there. <laughs> well, Sarah, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day. Uh, I know I know, like I said, you're you're a busy person, so thank you for taking out the time to talk with us today. You got it. It was fun. Thanks so much, you guys. And uh, I think Don's one of the few good men that could be on uh, your podcast. You want him on your podcast. You <laughs> need do. him on no, your I podcast. No, I definitely do. I definitely <laughs> do. I'm pretty you get excited. My reference there, yes, from a you few can't handle the truth. Okay, Peter. good. All right, got it. Thank you. <laughs> oh All right, thank you, Sarah, so much for joining us. And thank you, everybody, for watching. But stay tuned. We've got a lot more Technado coming up right after this quick break. This is Kevin. He's studying online for a Microsoft certification and using another online IT training service. He's also on his second pot of coffee today to stay awake. And this is Kyle. He's also studying Microsoft but using IT Pro TV. Rather than watching a boring voiceover PowerPoint, he's actually enjoying the training with two hosts in an interactive format. Both Kevin and Kyle have access to virtual labs and practice tests, but Kyle can also get help through a live chat with other IT Pro TV members and his instructors as well as post to a Q&A forum. He can even search for exactly what he's looking for in the interactive video transcripts, all while paying less than Kevin. Oh, and Kyle can also watch in comfort via Roku app. Kevin and Kyle are both learning IT, but Kyle is enjoying the journey. Want to be more like Kyle? View the plans to start your IT Pro TV membership today. Welcome back to TechNado with Don Pizzette, and thank you so much to Sarah Tenisi from Tenisi Tech for joining us and having some fun. Good uh, guest. Yeah, it's always good to talk to uh, the MSPs, the people on the front lines in the field, saving lives. <laughs> Even though she says she doesn't do that anymore, she's like... <laughs> well, she knows those people. Yeah, she yeah. does. I, hey, you know, be, being people. a sysadmin or, or being an MSP, that's tough work. That is no it, doubt yeah. tough yeah. work. <laughs> All right, but we have a lot of great articles to get to, as Don mentioned, and our first one is from Tom'sHardware.com. Seagate says, 100 terabyte hard drives due in 2030. Multi-actuator drives to become common. What is a multi-actuator drive, Don? 
So, have you ever cracked open a uh, spinning hard drive? Heck yeah. I've, I mean, I've seen the inside. Yeah, yeah. I've done it personally. So, you know, you've got a couple of platters, right? The discs, there's usually three or four of them. Uh, and then there's a, a mechanical arm in there that moves the magnetic heads. Well, it looks like a record player, kind yes. of like an old yeah. school. Yeah. So, except it's got like four pins on it instead of one. And what moves it back and forth is called an actuator, right? Mm. So, normally when you crack open a disc, it's only got one of those. But if they want to get higher density, they've either got to find a way to make data stored in a smaller fashion on the platter or find a way to introduce more platters. And that's what Seagate is doing is they're doubling the amount of platters and putting in a second actuator. So they have four arms that are basically reading off of the top disks and four arms that are reading off of the bottom disks so they can double the size. Now, what we don't know, and the reason they're saying this technology is way out in 2030, is... Anybody could double the size of a disk right now. It would just be twice as tall. Right, it would be a right? bigger drive, right? But supposedly they can do this in the standard drive form factor, which means there's some micronization happening. The platters have to be thinner, which makes them a lot more sensitive to vibration. And Se- Seagate, you got to under-promise and over-deliver here. <laughs> well, so my, here's my question. I, the And maybe I'm just caught up in the marketing, but from what I've been hearing for the last few years is, no, solid state. Oh, it's so much better. It's, it's, yeah. it's uh, you know. But there's still a, a good market for, like, physical disks, though, right? Well, it comes down to price per gigabyte, right? Right. So the price per gigabyte of a SSD is like four times higher than a spinning disk. So if you want huge amounts of storage, right? If I want a one terabyte SSD, well, I can go and buy one. It's going to cost about $100, right? Uh, maybe $120 if I try and go Samsung. Maybe 150 if I try and get the best, right? But if I want to get a terabyte spinning disk, it's like 40 bucks, right? <laughs> it's, it's dirt cheap. And if I want to get a 14 terabyte spinning disk, I can do that right now for about $200. But if I want a 14 terabyte SSD, can't find them, right? I think they're kind of capping out around five terabytes right now for what's commercially available. So if you really want huge amounts of storage that's relatively fast, well, spinning disks are still a thing. And if you want even more storage really, really cheap, well, you can get 50 terabyte LTO tapes for 50 bucks, right? So the old LTO, the magnetic tapes, those are still a thing. They're used in data centers. People do their backups because you can get huge amounts of storage for a really low price. Those like the reel-to-reel kind of no, tapes. No, they look like cartridges that go into oh, uh, like okay. a jukebox as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like people used to do backups on yeah. those. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Well, like will our A-track. viewers know what an 8-track yeah. is? Think of the 70s, <laughs> and you're in an Oldsmobile, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, watch a Quentin Tarantino film. Oh, there you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, that's what's on the radio there. Yeah. So there, there's actually a really cool um, GIF on this uh, on this Tom's Hardware, Tom's Hardware page. Uh, site. That, so those are the two actuators that you were talking about yeah. moving back yeah. and forth. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Definitely I like the idea out. of the bits. Now, th- does this like is this going to help? Uh, from what I understand, there's there's going to be a bit of a problem because we're we're storing so many things now. We're like we need storage. We need tons of storage, and we're kind of working our way toward a crisis of raw material to actually build the storage. Is this going to help like reduce that? Yeah, I don't think so, yeah. uh, because we find newer, bigger data to store, right? Mm. So instead of storing video in 1080p right. now... We just fill it up anyway. By the time we're in 2030, we'll be recording at 8K or 16K, <laughs> yeah, right, right. and so we'll fill it up. It, we like, need isolinear chips, Don. <laughs> I remember, and here I'll, I'll, I'll date myself, uh, when I upgraded from a 10 megabyte hard drive to like a 250 megabyte hard drive, and at the time I was like, oh my gosh, how will I ever fill this space? And you know now I've got a terabyte hard drive and I'm at like eighty percent capacity and, <laughs> and, and so you, you just kind of adjust to it. It's like your income, yeah, right? You yeah. expand your 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 basic means of living or whatever. Oh yeah, I know what you're saying. Like it's the um, if you have more, you'll spend more. Basically, your your standard of living goes up. Yeah, because yeah. you have more money to raise your standard of living, 
And most people want to do that. And so that's how storage is. But, you know, the interesting part is some things tend to double over time, but hard drive storage hasn't. It increases by two terabytes here or four terabytes there. But this is a a pretty big jump, and it's laid out all the way to 2030. So it's going to take a while to get us to 100 terabytes. But but it's coming. Cool stuff, though. Yep. Is it is it petabyte a thousand terabytes? It would be yes. Yeah. Thousand, okay. Yeah. All right. Good times. I like it. Looking and then after that, you get exabytes. All right. And those that will be, sounds like a skin disease. <laughs> and one day I'll be like, man, that laptop only has one exabyte of storage. Yeah. What a wow, piece of crap! Man, how do you get even it. run Windows on that? Yeah. <laughs> you think that'll be twenty thirty? No. Okay. Windows <laughs> nine thousand. Windows nine thousand. That one will be far off. All right. Uh, our next article, speaking of Windows, comes to us from WindowsCentral.com. Vertical tabs, startup boost, and more. Here's what's new in Microsoft Edge this month. Vertical tabs. Vertical tabs. That's what? right. So so tabbed web browsing. Uh, if you if you remember the olden days, You're right? You're yourself like crazy today. Internet oh, yeah. Explorer, Netscape Navigator. If you wanted more than one web page open, you needed more than one window. And then somebody had the brilliant idea to use tabs. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah all okay. So then you have tab browsing, which is now just a standard feature of every web browser that there is. We're all used to it, and we have tabs. Some people are really, really good about only having two or three tabs open, and that's it. (laughs) And then there's me, where (laughs) I will typically have about 20 tabs open. And then if you walk over to like our developers and stuff, those guys are ridiculous. All the tabs. Well, the problem is when the tabs are arranged horizontally, Right? The more tabs you have open, the smaller they get until all you can really see is the favorite icon. You can't really read anything. And so what Microsoft is rolling out is vertical tabs, which is actually a navigation pane on the left side of your screen that lists your tabs in a vertical format. So no matter how many tabs you have open, you can still read at least the first five words of the description of the tab. So that's a lot more useful. And you can scroll up and down to see the tabs. And uh, they're rolling it out right now. It's actually active on my computer at home. It's not active here on my computer at the office. Um, it's it's cool, right? I totally recognize how it's much more useful in that format. But man, am I having a hard time adjusting to it because for the last 10 years, I've had tabs at the top of my screen. Having the tabs on the left side is weird. Well, I'm thinking of the fact, too, that you're losing that screen space on a... Uh you know, on an iPad or, or, or you know, laptop, that's a big, big deal. But on a lot of the monitors people have these days, those wide monitors, that's that's the empty space on a web page, yeah. is the left and the right yeah. sides. Uh, okay. Yeah, I was going to say now, I, I'm with you guys. Like the tabs on the left side would be completely just foreign to me and start making it difficult for me to, and my workflow and things when I'm working. I'm thinking, what if we did almost like multiple desktops, but multiple browser tops where you kind of page through and you can have tabs at the top? Still go with that idea, but you just kind of page around. That that would be my solution yeah. to that. I mean, you know, there's a few different options that are out here. Now, when I heard about this first, I thought, oh, I'm going to get a little more vertical space, right? If we move the tabs off to the left side, my, my web page can be a little taller, uh, which on modern monitors with like a 16 by 9 resolution, that's a pretty useful thing. So when I turned the feature on, I was pretty surprised to see the tabs move to the left. And then you just get the application title bar at the top. You don't regain any space. Oh, so, really? So vertical tabs does not gain you any space whatsoever. It adds a Yahoo uh, yeah. toolbar. Well, I mean, uh, yeah. What if that? What if you did that instead of like making the tabs come in and be all small across the top? What if they drop down and give you another line? Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, you know, Two they levels. they rolled out last year tab grouping. Tab grouping. Where you could group oh, yeah. them together and kind of have that. That's so they cool. they are trying. They're trying different they're things. They're trying different things. Yeah. Um, and it's it's Microsoft doing it, which is interesting. Like Google's not yeah. doing any of this. They're like shut up and do um, what we say. And so it's Microsoft Edge. We're seeing a lot of these features. 
I did notice when I had it turned on at, on my computer at home, I have my taskbar on the left side of my screen because I got used to that with Linux. You know, oh, Gnome yeah. keeps it on the left. Yeah. Uh, and then when I turned on vertical tabs, that was on the left, and I did kind of feel like I had a Yahoo toolbar installed. You know, just, <laughs> like, like this little window of yeah. the actual yeah. website. So uh, the other half of this was the startup boost. What's that about? Uh, oh, startup boost is BS. So oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't really care about that part. So basically, uh, you we know keep, how we keep it running in the background so that when you need it, it comes up. You know how web browsers take a ton of memory. Yeah. So what they did is they make it where when you have the browser closed, it still takes a ton of memory so that when you launch it again, it doesn't have to recopy from the hard drive into uh, RAM. The oldest so. tricks are the best tricks. Yeah, it just, it's total BS. <laughs> yeah, smoke yeah. and mirrors on that one. Yeah. Now, what's your take on this like preview idea here for when you're doing like search optimization type of idea where if you search a, a recipe, you can see all the cool recipes. Oh, I like that. And instead of having to go to that page, they kind of preview it for you with all the relevant information. So... From a user standpoint, mm -hmm. like from us, that's a good thing. Yeah. Right. But it, it is a legal nightmare that Microsoft yeah. is going to get themselves oh, into sure. because yeah. you're not seeing the ads for that site. So you're demonetizing that other site. You're technically stealing their content. And this is the whole whole premise behind the big Australia Facebook battle from last week. <laughs> Man, they are into it, aren't they? <laughs> they certainly are. <laughs> um, yeah, and then, buddy. you know. People like like Peter over there who work in marketing, yeah. where the uh, devil you know, that doesn't even count as a, an impression on the site that the preview is being generated by the oh, search engine. Nice. Yeah, so problems. Well, I, yeah, weren't there some lawsuits related to like Google Image Search for the same thing as well? Yeah. Basically, you could hey, I can see this yeah. image without having to go to the site. So yeah, yep. get out your pitchforks and torches. Yeah, get mad, people. <laughs> All right, well, uh, change is coming and um, I know a lot of people will just look for ways to get that off their computer. Cue the candle box. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, and if it's good, maybe it'll come to real browsers after that. So keep an eye <laughs> <open>. <laughs> Daniel, you could make your own. You could you know that's make true. a Chromium-based you know, browser. That's, that's true. So I've been using Chrome for years, uh, but last month I decided to go ahead and give Edge a shot. And I've actually been enjoying you like Edge. It? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I haven't tried it on Linux yet, but on like Mac and Windows, it works really I'm well. I'm just about full, full into Brave at this point. Yeah? Yeah. Well, Edge is the uh, the Zune of browsers where, hey, might be better. <laughs> the Zune of I don't know. Browsers. It's it too late. I'm not going to try it out. Yeah. yeah. But uh, all right. Let's move on to our next article, which is over at bleepingcomputer.com. Hijacking traffic to Microsoft's Windows.com with bit flipping. All right. I've not heard that term before. Can you guys tell me what bit flipping is? All right. Before I dive too far uh -huh. into this one, I want to get Daniel's opinion because okay. this is something that I've been aware of for years and years, and I have an opinion on it. Um, Daniel, what did you think about this? Well, I'll say it was it was very interesting, right? The idea that this happens, and then when they explained the frequency in which they were <laughs> seeing this, I was like, "Holy crap, holy! That's that's more than I expected, right? That's that's a whole lot more than I expected this to occur." So it has some some credibility as far as a, an attack vector. All right, so let, let's back up to what this is because Daniel says there's credibility. It and, seems uh, like it anyway. This is the first time I've seen this type of attack, so. Oh, it is? Okay. Yeah, All yeah. Right. I was totally noob to this. All right, so let's let's, let's back up. Uh, I'm kind of out of order here because uh, I'm a bit of a skeptic on this one. Yeah. So let me, let me lay this out here. Um, you guys are familiar with domain names, right? We type yep. in a domain name and we go there. And there's domain name squatting or typo squatting. Which I am familiar with. Where yeah. people try yeah. and buy a domain name that's close, like a, a mistake somebody would make. Maybe I, I type Google and I just do one O instead of two. Well, somebody buys that, puts malware on it, right? That, that would be bad. Yeah. So most of the big companies are out there. They buy the various typo squatting domains, so they, they kind of have that. Well, that's something that humans are involved in. Uh, how often do you misspell a, a domain name? Every day. Yeah, <laughs> pretty frequent. Yeah. Yep. 
Maybe that means I'm a terrible typer, but either way. That's um, exactly what it means. Well, there is another scenario where you could potentially provide the wrong URL, and that's when bit flipping occurs. Now, if you haven't heard of bit flipping, your computer stores everything in RAM. And in RAM, everything is stored as a zero or a one, a bit, right? It's a bunch of bits that are stored in RAM. And in theory, there's an electrical charge running through the RAM that keeps it a zero if it's supposed to be zero and keeps it a one if it's supposed to be one. And if you power off your computer, it all gets wiped out. And then you start up again and, you know, your RAM continues on, zeros and ones. Well, if, if there's a solar flare and some cosmic radiation spills forth from the sun and penetrates through the Earth's atmosphere and targets down on your town, into your house, into your computer, into your RAM, into where a very specific bit happens to be stored, it could potentially flip from a zero to a one or a one to a zero. That's called bit flipping, right? And I threw a lot of potentials in there because like, this is not a common thing. This is not something that's gonna happen to most of us on a regular basis. As an individual, the odds of me having a bit flip in a given day are incredibly low. Now on a large enough scale though, if you take the, the planet as an example, somebody is getting bit flipped right now, okay? Probably not one of our 10 Technado listeners, right? <laughs> you know, but but no. maybe yes, somebody mom? <laughs> maybe somebody in the United States. Maybe they, they somebody all have in ECC. <laughs> well, ECC would protect from this, right? right? So the, if you have the Isn't that what Linus Torvalds was bitching about the yeah, other day? Was right? on about it, <laughs> it's uh, error correcting. Yeah, that's what's good. Yeah. Okay, that's the article. I was Something trying like to think that. about yeah. that one. I was like, yeah. I know we talked about this yeah, recently. We did. Yeah. And he was going on about how important it is. But again, for me, bit flipping is so unlikely to happen. Why would I pay extra for memory? And and what what Linus was really saying was like, just memory vendors should do this, just and not charge like, extra. Why not do it? Yeah, right. Uh, so, what a a security researcher was trying to figure out was what if he didn't typo squat windows.com? What if he bit flip squat? Windows.com. So these are typos you wouldn't make by hand. They're typos that would happen if. Uh, the Silver Surfer hit you with his. Uh, <laughs> what was it? The solar. Power That's Cosmic. Right. No, that, that was the uh, that was the um, no, Fantastic Four. They got hit by solar radiation. Uh, they did. Yep. Yeah. So if, if you get hit by that, right, and you don't turn into the thing, and instead, <laughs> when you type Windows.com, Ben Grimm is bit flip swatting. The bit flip happens, <laughs> and the I in Windows becomes an H, and so now it's Windows spelled wrong. Right. right? Uh, and so this guy went and found that there were 14 different iterations of bit flipped Windows.com that he was able to buy, spent about 120 bucks on it. Uh, and once he had those, some traffic was actually hitting it. Now, I feel like there wasn't some rigorous science behind well, this. Well, he did say like that it was, it was almost impossible really to figure out whether or not you just accidentally typed that. Somebody could have accidentally typed right. it. A program could have it in error. Right. There were a number of different things that could have led to it. So there wasn't like direct evidence that these were all people who had been bit flipped. But he showed that it was possible. Right. So this is an attack that's possible. It's just so unlikely. I, I'm just wondering, like, the le the less uh, devices that are enabling things like ECC and doing that as a, as a protection against something like that, and the more devices that we put out into the world, like, the more this becomes a possibility, right? We're, we're increasing the attack surface constantly. So right now we're seeing, what was it, 3,400-some-odd or requests a day. Let's say, give or take, plus or minus 10% of that, right? Yeah. So... It's going to just increase the more we don't protect against it. I would, I would assume. Well, you know, the the likeliness of this is just so hard, and and yeah, and even the timing of it, because it has to happen 
when your browser is doing the first lookup for that domain, right. and it has to happen before it leaves your computer, because once it's on the network, it's fine. Yeah, it's um, so it, it's just such an unlikely thing. Now, Daniel, you are a security professional. I need some advice here. I want to protect technado.com. <laughs> do I need to buy the uh, bit-flipped? Technado. Uh, yeah, do you need to buy those? I mean, depends. <laughs> like, if it costs you $126... Hell yeah, why not, right? It wasn't that was a, that's a small price to pay, even for a, a small payout. Right? It's just a, a it, it's all about layered defense, right? Sure. Do all the things you can do to try to protect your system. Why take a chance if it costs you 126 bucks? All right, bucks? hang on. 126 bucks. Now, yeah. let's say I put the choice here. Okay. A, I go and buy all the bitflip domains <laughs> for techneo.com or B, the three of us go get beer and steaks down yeah. at well, the post-pandemic uh, I'll at tell the steakhouse. You what, I'll buy the domain. <laughs> <laughs> like if it's if you're if your pennies are that pinched, well, well, I'll hook you up, right? <laughs> How many people do we think are coming at technado.com? I know. Uh, yeah. yeah. We're, we're probably an unlikely target. I mean, it's it's going to be a return on investment kind of risk assessment so, stuff right. at that point. So, oh, go ahead. Daniel says, uh, buy the domains. I yeah. say, enjoy your steak. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm with the steak one because the other one didn't sound like it no, had food. Technically, I said do both. <laughs> but, but you've only got so much budget. You, well, dang, man. You're talking about McDonald's. He's, he's coming out of his pocket for it. So, yeah. it. so here's I'm my question, though. Up. So you've talked about, you know, solar flares and all this stuff has to happen for for power this to happen. The power cosmic. Is right. there is there no way that someone could create a device or something that causes a it, bit flip? I mean, I guess in theory. So you would have to target That would be a hell of a targeted campaign. This has to be really a random thing. Yeah. Like, okay. Yes, you can generate the interference that would cause bit flips, but to target a particular bit would be really hard. Now, at, imagine at a if time. you were yeah. able to do that though. Maybe there's some security re- I've seen some some crazy crap out there. Now I've seen like uh, attacks that defeat Faraday cages sure. and things of that nature. Like some people get smart and they're like, all right, now this is happening. Well, I, I, so I tell you what I would do there. Right? Yeah. So let, let's say I had that in my capability. <laughs> yeah. Peter's over there going to some secure website, right? So yeah. I would hit it when it's doing the public key, private key handshake. Oh yeah. And just snag the key or, or put my own key in there. He thinks yeah, he right. came up with and it. You're doing a man in the middle. And now you can yeah. read all the traffic beyond that. So oh, you know that okay. one little push, like that that that's a more useful thing. Credential harvesting. But to do that, you'd already have to have access to my machine. No. To know well, you gotta know when that thing's happening. Well, yeah, we would have to be like targeting you through like your day. So I'd have to get here yeah. at like, you know, what do you what time do you get here? Like nine like o'clock? Eleven. Yeah. <laughs> Super late. So I, I think on a on a, a likeliness scale though, I'm just as likely to invent a death ray. Yeah. And well, so I then mean, I would just use that. It, it, would it fall <laughs> into the category of like tempest attacks and things of that nature? Yeah. yeah. Well, let's take they still do it. Let's take the money we'd put into a death ray and then just go get steaks and beers. <laughs> <laughs> what if we use the death ray to kill the cow to make the steaks that, and that make, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I like that better. All right, we got to move on you know, uh, from this one. But just because it's a death ray doesn't mean it can't be a humane. Death this is ray. Daniel's homework for the for the week to, uh, to figure come out up, to come up with this machine so we can do this. In the meantime, wrap your computer in tinfoil. Yeah, yeah, it works yeah, great. Always, always put it in the fridge That's like right. every night. Listen, yeah. I can defeat Faraday cages. <laughs> All right, our next article is from KrebsOnSecurity.com. At least thirty thousand U.S. organizations newly hacked via holes in Microsoft's email software. Software. There's holes in the software. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, yeah, so if you run on-premises Microsoft Exchange right now, 
you need to assume that your system has been compromised. So there is a zero-day exploit that is being actively taken advantage of by uh, a cyber espionage group with ties to China. And uh, it is bad, right? So Microsoft has had a little bit of heads up on this. Uh, when I say a little bit, about two months ago, they started getting first reports. Uh, but only recently has it really hit the wild. And Basically, what people are finding is that the infection rate on this thing is insane. Uh, I've actually heard from a few organizations here in the local area uh, where basically everyone who's checked has found evidence they had already been compromised. So oh, it's, no. it's bad yeah. uh, if you're on-prem. Now, if you're in the cloud, uh, Microsoft did kind of already take care of this for Office 365, <laughs> which is kind of the product they want you to use. So um, this is a, a further nail in the coffin for people maintaining on-prem infrastructure, but it is really bad. Uh, Microsoft has released tools that you can use to check and see if your system has already been compromised, and there are some steps you can use to prevent being compromised in the future. Uh, a patch is already out, so if you haven't updated now is the time to do it. Well, this goes back to our interview with Sarah. I mean, why are you on-prem? If, if is it, is it yeah. cheaper to be in the cloud than run an on-prem solution? It depends on how you measure cheap, right? Okay, yeah. So, uh, you know, if I want to buy a Windows Server license and an Exchange license and a server, like before right. you know it, you spent twenty grand, right? Okay, yeah. But then there's your cost, and so now you throw your mailboxes on it and you run. Right. With Office 365, you're paying between six and twenty-two dollars a month per user, and you're paying every month forever. So depending on how big your Organization when you start hefty. factoring things in, like tech support, maintaining yeah. the hardware, doing backups, sure. storage, right? I mean, getting the, hacked you know, by the Chinese, getting hacked <laughs> by the Chinese, uh, all of a sudden the cloud service looks a lot more attractive. Yeah, yeah. Now, there are companies, and probably some of the listeners out there in uh, Technado land, uh, where the cloud isn't a choice. Right. right? It's, it's like a regulatory thing, right? Yeah. yeah. You got some super secret sensitive information, or maybe you're not in the U.S., and so why would you want to use Microsoft's cloud service or a U.S. company? They're going to spy on your stuff, like the <laughs> Chinese are doing right now. So it doesn't really matter, but <laughs> to some people it's very important. Not just the Chinese, by the yeah. way. We should oh, point no, out yeah. there's many other countries All looking at your data. All sorts of people love that data. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, lately they're they're kind of our, our boogeyman, right? That we blame everything on and uh, the Russians? Chinese. I thought it was but, the Russians. Uh, Russians, that yeah. was last year. Same people. Depends. Yeah. yeah. Depends <laughs> on what, what's going it's on. It's Russians during an election year and then it's right. Chinese. Then Chinese really afterwards. Afterwards. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. yeah, they're playing the long game. Um, <laughs> this article made me think right off the bat when I read the headline, uh, like holes in Microsoft's security of that that issue that was happening with uh, when the iPhones came out that had the, the different cameras on the back, the uh, I had to look it up. Tripophobia. The fear, oh, yeah. the fear of holes. Oh. I mean, those people were right all along. All along. So. Yep. so if you want to learn more about this, the exploit is called Hafnium. H-A-F-N-I-U-M. Again, uh, I'm... It's not a new cryptocurrency? <laughs> no, no, that's, <laughs> that's what not. it sounds like. I am typically skeptical of these things, but this one's real. Uh, I, I have talked to real people in the field that are dealing with this right now while we're filming this podcast. So, uh, so it's bad. And if you have an on-premises exchange server, you need to pause the podcast and go, yeah, go check it out because uh, you likely have. Yeah, there was a, a GitHub companies. repository in the article that can like uh, do a scan to check and see yep. if you got this problem. Absolutely check it. Plug those holes. All right. Our next article is over at PCMag.com. Oh, you skipped an article. You did. What did I skip? You skipped rookie oh, yeah. mistake. Rookie thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I did a rookie mistake. Yeah. God, I, this is the second week in a row I've done I know. this. You did. It's I was going to say something, but I thought, oh, they're fixing. You know why? Something. You know why? Because my tabs are across the top. Uh, <laughs> if you had vertical tabs. If I had vertical tabs, there's no yeah. way that this would happen. Uh, yeah. Oh, well. God dang it. That's you, Peter. Oh, let me, let me, this is the time when I have the. Uh... Remember Daniel back when we had like professionals on the podcast? Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, when was things. that? I know. <laughs> Never. What are you talking about, Wes? That was that. <laughs> Justin? <laughs> Did Ronnie show up? No. Uh, this definitely wasn't Justin. <laughs> 
Our next article is, we'll just edit that part right yeah. back to the other one. Our next article is from ArsTechnica.com. Rookie coding mistake prior to gab hack came from site's CTO. The site executive introduces, then removes insecure code, and my favorite part, then hides the evidence. <laughs> Oh my goodness, this this is like just Fantastic. embarrassing. Uh, if you're not familiar with Gab, it is designed to be a private uh, freedom, uh, free, like free speech zone, zone yeah. for people to communicate. So it's been adopted by a lot of uh, uh, members of the right-wing political groups that are out there that have been kind of pushed away from other platforms. I'm, I'm trying to tiptoe around this. Yeah, no, yeah. Like, if you thought Parler was too left-wing, uh, yeah. Gab is the, is the platform well, for you. I, I think it wasn't so much Parler being left-wing as Parler being online. shut down. Yeah. 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 And so, you thought you know, your Parler was online. Many people jumped over to Gab, including President Trump. So yep. uh, so a lot of people on there. Uh, and they have suffered a breach. They've actually suffered two breaches now, but we'll just deal with one. Um, but this, uh, this particular breach breach is embarrassing because they do publish their code to GitHub, and it's a repository that you can go and look at. And in this case, it was a SQL injection attack. And as Daniel always tells us, like if you find a, a field on a website that takes input and the input is not being sanitized, that you can throw all sorts of crazy things in there and attack the database. It's what he <laughs> loves. Uh, and in this case, they found where some of those protections, the, the input sanitization had been removed by the actual CTO mm. and then put back in after the compromise. So uh, the CTO actually caused it. And the chief technology officer, yeah. you would think it would be on top of something like that. In this case, poor security practices. So Daniel, what you always talk about uh, rings true. true one more time. There it goes, right, right there. You gotta be sanitizing them inputs. Trust nothing, right? Never trust, I, it's that idea of a zero trust environment, right? Never trust, always verify. You want to be filtering with, with things like this. You want to do a uh, parameterized queries. You, you want to make sure that nothing gets past the gates without your say-so and that without being checked as well, even if you think, yeah, that should be good because, you know, Billy, he's a good member. He would never do What are you doing, Billy? What is that? <laughs> what? Oh, hell no. So, so here's my question, Daniel. So, like, I'm trying to think of an, ex of a, of an analogy. So let's say I have the, the TV plugged into a surge protector and I'm like, I want to switch to a different port. So I unplug it from the surge protector and plug it in somewhere else. And that's the moment I get the surge. So the person here had, they had these uh, closed off and then all of a sudden they accidentally opened it up for a little bit before he said, oops, I'd made a mistake and went and turned it back on. Are people just constantly being attacked? Yes. And so that's, yeah. that's well, how, so I mean, like, it's an automated thing where we're just trying, like, trying. It is a nonstop war out there for information, access. It never ends. If you are on the internet, I don't care if you're just a single individual living out in the world doing your thing. Someone is attacking your stuff yeah. if you have an internet presence. But it's coming for A site it. like this, is it is it manual or is there someone said, hey, I'm going to write a script that just is always trying. And so if it ever turns off, I can get in there. I mean, ultimately, this stuff is coded by a coder. Like somebody added code into this and... You know, got, got in a rush or whatever pressures or, mm -hmm. you know, just forgot. I mean, we're humans. We make mistakes. No. He was probably and, troubleshooting some problem. Right. You know, it made it, it made it work and was like, oh, thank God it's working. And then was like, oh, crap. <laughs> now, a lot of this is automated scans. There's okay. tons of yeah. people oh, are the just scanning. scanning is definitely but in this case, Gab is a little high profile because Parler just got shut down. Right. A lot of these you know, people have moved over. It's a huge media buzzword item. So they're probably under a little more scrutiny than most mm. other sites. Uh, the Clubhouse chat app that's blowing up right now, oh, they're yeah, under they're a little more scrutiny. It, huh? Attackers target what's popular. Right. And so um, with a surge in popularity usually right. comes they're along. 
long they basically become like security watering holes where yeah. people they that's that's what the lions know you're there getting a drink mm-hmm. so they're gonna come in there and stalk their prey down yeah it's not not fair game but it's almost seeing that like hey that's where we go and try out our stuff oh, yeah. yeah and that's why at uh at technado we endorse the mass killing of lions <laughs> that's the solution it just was? the extinction of the lion species <laughs> <laughs> All right, that might not be the way to no. fix this one. Okay. Um, but so it, you maybe you've overstepped. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, although I think this highlights, you know, some people do uh, CICD, right? Continuous integration yeah. or no. Continuous development. Continuous development. Well, CI is. Continuous integration. Oh, I had it right. Yeah. Oh, look at that. I'm right sometimes. I'm pretty sure. Like, where you have, have more than one up, person <laughs> reviewing code before it rolls out. Right, and and you're yeah. continually pushing changes. So this CTO had the ability to go in and make this modification without anybody reviewing it. Right, and it, they're the CTO, I guess. Right, but as the CTO, you yourself should be responsible and say, I need to get a second set of eyes on this before I push it to the site. You know, people they they do something uh, wrong and they like, oh no, and you know that that fear can overcome you and make yeah. you do something you shouldn't do. I was at uh, Uber. Didn't Uber kind of have the same kind of problem? They where, bribed uh, yeah. an attacker to hide the fact that they were hacked. Right. Yep. You know, this kind of stuff happens, man. People, I mean, don't get me wrong. You do something criminally negligent, you should you should pay the penalty for it. But, you know, or if it's just stupid, you know, you're probably going to pay the price socially. Yeah. But that, in, that terms of, the, the, in terms of what the hack was here, was it kind of just like the parlor thing where they were archiving... Like grabbing all the the data so they'd have it? Yeah, once they were in, they had access to the database. Yeah. And so they were able to pull whatever they wanted out of there. I mean, they didn't take the site down. They didn't do no. anything like that. They Not just, that I know they just wanted no. to. Yeah, because yeah, it mentions here that like Trump's name or Trump's account is one of the 15,000 accounts that was hacked as part of this as well. So Change passwords. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They enable two-factor. Yeah. Well, I think there's an extra message here, though, which is right now there's a whole... A, a virtual cornucopia of messaging apps that are exploding and social media sites. So, you know, Gab and Parler are two yeah. big examples, but we've got Clubhouse and WhatsApp and, and all these ones that are, some of them tell you they have end-to-end encryption, but they don't. Some of them are, you, you don't know, how yeah. many employees does Gab have? They might uh, have five. I have no idea. Yeah. Yeah. Right? We have no idea. So be really hesitant to trust any new social media platforms. Well, well, they, they're open source, so... That's that's a big help though, right? Yeah, to say but I can kind of look into what you're doing because basically because you're using open source, that's the law. I can see that. But I'd say the bad guys are reviewing the code. I would totally I don't agree. Think the good guys are. Uh, well, then that's just crazy. I should point out they only have four employees well, I now. Mean, ho- ho- <laughs> hopefully they've got like a bug bounty program, responsible disclosure, and this is going to help you know maintain that and keep yeah. that from happening again. Maybe I'm being cynical again, yeah. as I have in this whole podcast, but uh, <laughs> I, I feel like they probably threw this product together uh, to try and capitalize on Parler going well, I out. Thought Gab's been around oh, yeah. a while, have they? Oh yeah, many many oh. years. All right, <laughs> yeah. They just kind of moved into this into this space, or kind of became popular with, I w- with this. I want to say this Parler. CTO is relatively new. If I'm I'm thinking correctly, yeah. I might be wrong on that, but I had the impression that the CTO was new. He had made some. He was an ex Facebook employee. Oh, uh, you'd think you'd know better. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> X, maybe that's X why Facebook. he's <laughs> Yeah. Don't know that's why he's not there anymore. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, hey, so you, work, you used to work at Equifax. Yeah. <laughs> you worked at Equifax. This is a OWASP top ten attack. It is. Uh, if you want to learn more about a, that, check a one. 
Check out just about any of Daniel's training. Oh, yeah. it is number one. It's A one, baby. Yeah. This, guy, this guy just did his internship at Solar Winds. Yeah, we actually have <laughs> we have an uh, no wasp top ten series. Yeah, so, oh, you should check that out. Yeah. We should send I, him a note. <laughs> <laughs> free membership. Here's some, yeah. Here you go, bro. <laughs> yeah, free account. That, yeah, that should be that's a marketing thing. We'll just send it free is. accounts to <laughs> everybody that gets like yeah breached. All right, so um, before I move on to the WTF segment, uh, is that all the articles? <laughs> have we missed any <laughs> other articles? Did I get anything? Got it? No, no I think that's it. All right, well, this next one is WTF. <laughs> Plug your ears. <laughs> so it's not loud to me. It's loud to them. Yeah. It's loud to the people at home. <laughs> we might want to rework that intro. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> eh, it's not that bad. All right, uh, this article is from PCMag.com. Are you brave enough to get a tattoo from a robot? And... I'll I'll just answer first, and I know Don, you want you have some things to say about this, but I watched a, a, a separate video on another article about this, and uh, I saw them testing on a tomato, and I saw that tattoo gun go about two inches into the tomato. <laughs> so I'm gonna say no, not brave enough, not to be first at least. All right. Well, uh, the article is about a tattoo giving robot, which uh, I do want to point out that there is a picture uh, in the article. And Daniel and I both, we both thought, thought the same thing. The woman getting a tattoo was a mannequin and or a robot herself. Yeah. Uh, turns out actual human being. There's video footage. Um, but it's not so much the robot that's giving the tattoo. So a little bit of clarification here. So they've, they've got a woman in one location and a tattoo artist in a completely different location. And he is tattooing on a like a rubber arm or whatever. Right. And the robot in the location with the woman is basically recreating his movements. And he's able to watch on a screen and give a socially distanced tattoo. Um, that technology is pretty neat when you think about it, right? You know, it's doing all the movement tracking and allowing him to do that. Surgeons have had similar technologies where they're able to do some of this stuff. They were like, we've been uh, doing this for years. It's yeah. lame. <laughs> so uh, so that's kind of neat. Uh, the tattoo is, is super lame. It's like five <laughs> lines or something. But uh, what I thought was really interesting about the whole article was it's doing all this cool stuff, right? Motion tracking, robotic arms. You've got uh, the remote displays, real-time communication, a lot of technology involved. But the thing that they keep talking about is how it used 5G networks to communicate. And, and the lady even Sponsored says she's by done, Verizon. I just got my, my the first 5G tattoo. Like, what does 5G have to do with so it? So the five lines were the were the 5G signal. Uh, that, is that, <laughs> I don't know. I, mean, I was going to say, that's probably what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Have you heard about the Nexium cult? Oh, yes. With the branding? I know all about that junk. So is crazy. This tattoo she got? It, it looks, looks like a, a lot like the Nexium tattoo. It's, it's what's her name? <laughs> is it Nexium like a heartburn medication? So it is, but that's not the same. That's not the same. Yeah. Okay. I'll have to look this up. <laughs> it's just Ooh, a bunch a of people taking heartburn medication. <laughs> yeah. Oh, around mighty it. Nexium. Like, we have <laughs> make my heartburn go we away. We have put the medicine in the Kool-Aid. <laughs> yes. So, uh, so yeah, so technology's advanced a good bit. I don't think he could have done a really good tattoo with this. I think five lines is really the best he could get. Well, because they were talking in the video, too, about how, like, you stretch the skin, you know, when you're doing tattoos and things like that, that, that that's a whole oh, other right. level. Right, because things change, you know, like, yeah. moves and stuff. By the way, there is a WTF article with inside of our WTF article. Oh, really? Panasonic made a companion robot that farts. What? Why would it need I to, have no uh, idea, but it's in my related <laughs> <laughs> under uh, like Tune in next week on Technado <laughs> yeah. with Don for a little teaser there. PC Mag with the hard hitting journalism. <laughs> yeah, can you hold uh, that one? We'll, we'll do that one next week. You want me sure. to throw that one in there? Yeah, oh, yeah sure. I'll grab it. I thought Technado was bad. So the reason <laughs> the reason this is about 5G is because this is actually a 
T-Mobile Netherlands uh, advertising campaign, basically, to show off, hey, look how cool our 5G uh, is. All right. And so that's why the robot has uh, has little pink accents uh-huh. on it as well, because this wow. is all uh, from T-Mobile showing what is possible with the newest 5G well, in the Netherlands. I will tell you that this technology is possible over every other <laughs> network type known to man. It, I, this could have worked over Token Ring, I'm pretty certain. <laughs> <laughs> and been just fine. Would it work on sneaker net? Hey, yeah. he just moved his arm a little bit <laughs> yeah. to the left. A little bit to the left. Yeah, a little go. more. A little more. So, You're good. You're good. Stop. Uh, yeah. So the, uh, the 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 cellular network spin aside, the rest of it's pretty cool. Like, what know, was it, the what was the painter that made these like ultra realistic paintings? But he used like mirrors and stuff. Oh to, yeah. Well, it's a, yeah. That's kind of like the. The CEO of was it Newegg or Ubiquity? What one of those companies that? where it like was it like was his hobby to recreate it, right? that. Yeah. 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 All right. All right. Click the video right in the in this article. Go ahead and, and watch it and click uh, right to about a minute thirty three, and you'll see the uh, the tomato moment. I just want to get your reactions. <laughs> now everybody can listen to yeah. us as we, so, as we well. This is one of those reaction uh, videos. What the heck is the video? It's like the. Yeah, I, I did oh, notice that is. the tattoo gun was pushing on her arm quite a bit. Oh my goodness, it <laughs> it's like two inches into the you arm. You say a minute thirty-three. Yeah, all right, yeah, all right. It's not well, good. It's not go. good. I wonder how many people died. Oh yeah, like, yeah, uh, that's that's legit. Prior to yeah. this, well, I have a tattoo now on my bone. <laughs> now, because it's in your forearm, would that be like committing suicide with five G? Uh, oh, yeah, <laughs> I think so. That's not the first uh, of those, I'm sure. Robot yeah. euthanization. Yeah. yeah. You, you couldn't nah. like arrest somebody for it, right? Yeah, the robot well, did it. Like the we call it the robot Kevorkian. Oh, we need Asimov's <laughs> three laws, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, this is the first five G tattoo, but I'm sure we will all get them uh, when we are forced to. I'm holding 5G. out for six G tattoos. Yeah. Ooh, man. Yeah. Nine G tattoos. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I think we've uh, we've fully covered that one. Like I said, go. <laughs> we fully covered. Yeah. That go, one. go watch that uh, that video and, and see the fun there. But uh, that's, that's a good one. I want to let you know about a couple things coming up. We've got a couple of great webinars in the works. One is happening today, later today. That uh, is Get Hands-On with Cisco, Gain Experience with Cisco Technologies. And that's with our own Ronnie Wong and uh, YouTube celebrity David Bumble. And we're going to be uh, looking at uh, how you can basically get labs and things for Cisco equipment and all the different options that are available. Uh, so you can register for that one at itpro.tv slash webinars. And we also have uh, another one coming up, which uh, you're doing, right, Daniel? Mm-hmm. I'm with uh, John Hammond. And, uh, Top five CTS with for John Ham. Yeah, John Ham. <laughs> there's two John, John Hams, all right? Or no, I'm thinking John Hurd. Well, there's a, <laughs> isn't John Hammond also the name of the guy from Jurassic Park? Uh, yes, I believe it is. Yeah, so that's what I'm thinking that. of when you say it. But yeah, so that one is top five CTFs to learn cybersecurity, gaming your way to a hacking career, and it's taking place on March 25th at 2 p.m. Eastern time. And and yeah, John John's a, a YouTuber as yeah. well. Oh, yeah, so. yeah, he's got a great channel. If you guys want to see some really cool like hacking skills, definitely watch John. He's great. And if you're not familiar with CTFs, you know, capture the flags is yep. a great way to get oh, some yeah. practical experience learning how to hack and get into a system. Really cool stuff. Yeah. Thank you for clarifying that. I should have done that. And uh, we've also got another thing coming up, the Cisco Free Weekend, uh, as we're looking at Cisco here in March on, uh, let's see, the 20th and the 21st. That weekend will be opening up a lot of the Cisco courses for free. Just create a free membership, and you can check them out, CCNA, uh, CCNP, um, DevNet Associate, all kinds of things like that. So head over to itpro.tv and check that out. Or you can just go to go.itpro.tv slash technado, and there you can get a 30% off coupon code, and then everything's 
free. Well, not free. I mean, it's included uh, in your site, and and you can uh, check out all the great courses there. And uh, if you want to find out more about the business plans, you can request a demo from there as well and uh, see the pro portal and all the great things available to IT pros from ITProTV at go.itpro.tv slash technado. Unless your bits get flipped. There we go. And then who knows where you'll end up. Technodo. Man. <laughs> Technodo. Technodo. Yeah, we, should, we should definitely book that one as well. Just Tech- people running around all caffeinated. Right, now I got to sit no. down with a calculator and figure yeah. out what the bit flips are for yeah. our domain. Nice. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, thank you to Sarah for joining us. And uh, thank you, gentlemen. And uh, look forward to that story about farting robots. That Was it farting robots? Yeah, farting robots. You've got homework. Next week on Technado. We'll see you then.